Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 13th Avenue Media Show. I am your host, Sharon Feckety. And today we have the CEO and our neighbor here in the Bel Air area of West CMR, Randy Ware. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Sharon. So we are celebrating um, a monumental occasion for the company today, and that is your upcoming 25th anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And I think if you are a local, you should probably check out the new Bel Air Living because there's somebody on the cover that you might recognize. It's um, really exciting to read about you in the Bel Air Living magazine. So congratulations on that. Appreciate it. Well, I read it and um, there are a few things that I picked out uh, before we get started. One of them was that you, you know, at a young age were, uh, you know, uh, buying, uh, garage selling and going to the flea markets in Venice and buying baseball cards. And I, I love nothing more than this, the entrepreneurial journey story. So I think that's where it all started for you. Am I correct? That's, uh, my, my father kind of exposed me to, uh, the, the phrase of one man's junk is another man's treasure. So yeah, it was fun. I love that. So really, really young. Um, and then, you know, your life now today is fully invested in the resale business. So why don't you let the audience know a little bit about um, what your business is. I ride my bike on the Pinellas Trail all the time. So I have had the great luxury of seeing your beautiful mural, which I think brings great attention and uh, your tagline that I'll let you tell the audience about. Um, and just about, tell us about your company. Well, the tagline, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to that first, and that's become something that's uh, caught on with my team and a lot of my friends, and some of my friends even give me things where they inscribe it and use that tagline, and that is, we all leave a footprint and it matters. Um, I came up with that about 10 years ago, uh, right around my 50th birthday, I was giving out some books to friends and trying to figure out what to write in there to thank them for their friendship and whatnot, and uh, that became the tagline at the end. So, uh, so that's that. But West CMR, uh, which is West Coast Medical Resources, uh, we rebranded it a few years back as West CMR to eliminate geographical confusion. Um, right. I believe not, people thought we were in California. So West CMR uh, was conceived because I was in the healthcare space briefly yeah, from mid 1996 to mid 1997 and had the opportunity to visit uh, you know, for sales purposes and to make money, um, a lot of the hospitals in the state of Florida. And uh, after a year working for that particular company and seeing healthcare, uh, you know, inside the bowels of the hospital, you know, downstairs, down below in the basement, seeing how materials management and ordering and inventory was handled, it was clear to me that there was a lot of waste. And I, I go so far as to say now that when hospitals order their surgical devices and inventory to provide surgeons the ability to do the surgeries they need to do, about 20%, and it could be a little high, but about 20% of all the surgical supplies and hospitals order never get used. And it's not because of um, someone did something wrong, it's just because of the way these items are packaged from the OEMs that hospitals have to buy boxes of five, 10, 12, 24, and then over time, the inventory gets a little imbalanced and then a change happens. The change being surgeon leaves, technology improves, 
some sort of contract dispute and procedures are no longer done at that facility, that hospital or surgery center. So then there ends up being inventory that's sitting as the hospital moves to a different product platform. Um, and then trying to use that inventory up would require ordering more inventory from the manufacturer that the hospital's leaving. So that doesn't happen. So there's a lot of frustration that sets in. And hospitals and surgery centers will, will tend to uh, leave that inventory in a drawer, in a closet, on a pallet, and they'll count it for a couple of years. And then eventually they realize or they make a connection to a company like ours that, hey, there's an outlet. There's a way to, a way to get rid of this and monetize it. And there are other hospitals, there's an audience of buyers globally that still need those products. And so we've been able over 25 years to build that network. That's fantastic. And I know that um, you've been very involved with uh, philanthropy um, and community. Um, I know that your, your company is involved with the Children's Dream Fund, um, which is Clearwater uh, uh, which is local. Is that, am I right about that? Is that local? Let's start here. Yeah, based in St. Pete, that organization is about 35 years old. It's mm -hmm. the second largest wish granting, children's wish granting organization in the country. Habitat for Humanity. That's you a big one. That's a big one you're involved with. Morton Plant Mies Healthcare Foundation, the Bel Air Community Foundation, um, and those uh, committed to mental health and suicide prevention. So you certainly are not just helping you know, with sustainability and thinking about the, the globe and, and staying green with your organization, but you're also giving back to the community. So bravo to you. Thank you. So I wanna um, talk a little bit about your company. I happen to uh, know uh, Camille, who is a, a proud member of the advisory board of Achievers. I'm the, the incoming chairwoman of Achievers this year, 2022. And I'm really, really just excited about everything that Amplify Clearwater does. And Camille's been a big part of that. So why don't you share a little bit about, because um, listen, we're, we're members of, my family's members of Ruth Eckert Hall. You know, um, I ran into Camille uh, when I was there at a concert not too long ago. Um, we're also Dress Circle members. So you've really put your footprint on the community. Why don't you just share with the audience about like your why to doing that. I know why you do it, <laughs> but as a business owner in this community, what is your, what is that intention behind it? Well, I think it, it goes back to my upbringing, you know, a good uh, religious background, raised Catholic and have great values and, and care about people. And um, I would think that the, not only think, but I know that the philanthropic drive in me uh, was able to surface 10, 15 years ago, because that's about the time where uh, my life personally, professionally, and financially, everything started to complement, hey, it's time. It's time mm -hmm. to start giving back. And it's time to be an example to the people that you lead as you're building a company. I wanted it to be a company that had reaches in the community. And there's a lot of great families and companies in the Tampa Bay area and the Pinellas County area that have set that that pace already. There's a lot of, a lot of great examples, uh, role models too. I appreciate all of them and, and they know who they are. Um, so we're not trying to compete with them. We're just trying to complement what they're doing. And there's about 30 charities nationally that we are involved in. Um, this year alone, we'll give almost a half a million dollars to those 30 organizations. Right. And it's not just money. As, as our employees want to participate in habitat builds or 
get involved with things with the Dream Fund. They're encouraged to participate, to volunteer. And so we've also, over the years, um, contributed thousands of hours, volunteer hours to these organizations. And that's, that's what it's about. It's, just, it's about being an example and paying it forward. Yeah. And um, we had uh, done an interview back in 2020, you and myself and Amanda Payne, the president of Amplified Clearwater. I was listening back to that recently and um, just thinking about at that time in the beginning of the pandemic, how, you know, there was such a shift and um, you've since then um, gotten more space. There's more employees, there's more leaders. There's probably a lot more intention of just having a, a more encouraged uh, leadership and and culture within your organization. What is what does that look like? Has has there been a shift with remote work, or have you made changes the hybrid stuff like other companies have done? We did. We pivoted where we needed to. Um, mm-hmm. Work from home and all that is a challenge for us because of the nature of what we do mm-hmm. and our sales team needing to be uh, intimately close to the inventory to show pictures and and gather information for their customers. Um, we lose a lot of time if people are working from home. We do it, we flex, we do what we can. And obviously our operations team can't work from home. And you know, so that's, it's a challenge. But yes, we did pivot. And yes, we, we did everything we were supposed to do and could do. Um, but we brought, we brought everybody back. Uh, the last couple of years have certainly given us an opportunity to reflect on what we did well and what we weren't doing well. And it's given us a chance to focus on what the next five, 10, 15 years are going to look like. Um, so I'm pretty proud of us. You know, we've been able to keep our balance sheet healthy. Um, you know, God bless America for the fact that uh, we were able to get PPP funding. Yeah. Um, you know, we got two rounds of that. And we've had those rounds forgiven. And we're very thankful um, because without those funds, you know, some very difficult decisions would have had to be made. The last thing I wanted to do was, was lay anybody off or let people go or, or downsize the company. So I, we fought very, very, very hard not to downsize. And so our headcount, our talent has remained flat for two years. Um, you know, two years ago, we were about 60 employees and that's about where we are now. Uh, I like to think we're past 60. Um, we've got about six or eight spots open. You know, so we're looking for more sales consultants to join us. Um, and as the article in Bel Air Living stated, you know, in the next five years, I, I can see us getting to 80 employees mm. and acquiring some more space around us to grow our campus. That's fantastic. Um, it's been, I do some recruiting myself, and it's definitely a different world that we're in now when it comes to um, employees and retaining great help and um, acquiring great help. So uh, I think it's nice. And, and then there's a lot of people that have wanted to make changes within their, their careers. So knowing that there is a company like yours um, that is looking to hire, I think is, is wonderful. Um, I also read in, in your article in Bel Air Living, we're giving a lot of love to Bel Air Living today. What's up, Clint? Um, I think it is amazing that you met Richard Branson and you're our number, wait, 692. Your astronaut number is 692. Why don't you tell the audience about that? That's super cool. Yeah, I had the opportunity to visit Necker Island last spring. I'm actually going back again later this year. Um, and uh, it was a, a fundraiser type event, you know, pay to play, pay to be there. Um, and it ended up being one of the smaller events that they had had that had a lot to do with COVID. 
So they had downsized the event just to try to keep it going and keep the momentum. And because it was only about 60 guests, we all were able to stay on Necker as opposed to they would take people over to Mosquito Island and some other islands. And it used to be 250 people at these events. Oh, wow. So the 60 person event was super intimate um, and literally spent time with him every day. Um, one-on-one, probably 30 minutes on average, you know, one day, about an hour and a half, just, just people were off doing functions and boating and, you know, whatever. And I just caught him at lunch one day and we, we talked a lot, but mm-hmm. one night at dinner, um, again, everyone was pairing up and doing whatever. And Jewel was there and she was performing and he and I just kind of locked eyes across the, the table. And I'm like, so tell me about space. And so he started talking a lot about all his fascination with space and, and what he wants to accomplish there. And he said, he goes, well, you know, I'm going up in a couple months. And I said, yes, I'm aware of that. And I'm like, so how much is it? And of course he threw a number out. I'm like, okay, I understand. And so I'll tell you what, if you come back alive, I'll go. And he's like, is it that simple? I said, yeah, sure. And so <laughs> the, day after, the day after he went, I sent him an email saying, hey, congratulations. And hey, how about coming up with the people at Virgin Galactic? And yeah. later that day, I got connected to them. And within a week, I was signed up. Oh, my. That's exciting. Good for you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, cool. That's amazing. So when do you foresee that happening? Three to five years. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, uh, the, list, the list has changed a lot. Uh, I also had the opportunity this past November to go to South Africa. That's mm. one of my favorite places in the world. Um, and I went this went by myself and I was there for scheduled to be there for 13 days. And I happened to be trying to exit right as Omicron busted out. So oh, I got no. stuck. I got stuck in South Africa an additional five days, which wow. you know, stuck. wasn't so bad. I went to Safari, which was cool. And ended up going to one of his properties, which was, was kind of nice. Um, but on that trip, I was able to meet another future astronaut and they call him FAs just for short. And so he's a wine, wine owner, winery, uh, owner in South Africa. His name is Patrick and got to hang out with him and his original astronaut number going back 10 years ago, cause he, he signed up early. It was like 300 and something. And it's now dropped to like 210 as people have come and gone. We've lost yeah. interest, whatever people have left us. And so I, I fully anticipate my number to drop a little bit as yeah. things go on. And obviously, if it's safe and it's a successful program, then I think the program will accelerate. And I think within five years. So it'll be fun. Good for you. Why not? Why not is right, right? I mean, we only get one life. We might as well live it to the fullest. Um, so, all right. Well, Randy, I got to say, it's, it's pretty impressive what you built for yourself. It's nice to know that you're here in the community and, and all the support that you give. Um, and, and the support that you, you give to women and advancing women, uh, you know, having Camille as a part of Achievers and being out in the community. And we always need, you know, our, our fellow male counterparts to be pushing us in the right direction and, and making sure that we're not just breaking through the grass, glass ceiling, but we're inventing our own and creating our own ceiling. So in parting, Randy, today, what would be your advice to anybody that is starting a new business or just giving some entrepreneurial advice to to somebody that might be struggling because you and I both know it's never easy in the beginning you know or I, actually I, ever yeah well, uh, yeah, it's, yeah this this owning a business is certainly a challenge that uh, a small percentage of people get to enjoy um, it's yeah you know, every day you have to pivot you, you don't know what's coming at you 
but I had a conversation just recently in the last few days with a, a young lady who started her own business and she's about a year into it. Um, and, you know, talking about the numbers and how they're just about to break even and whatnot. I said, listen, you got to stay the course, stay the course, stick to your plan. You know, most small businesses will fail within the first three years. You know, we've all read that and heard that. And it's true. The fact that you're this close and, and, and you, you have some momentum to stay the course. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's the big thing. Um, have a plan. You know, we, we use something called a one page business plan in all of our different departments at West CMR. I, I don't so much have one because my one page just changes all the time. But each of my department heads and, and each of our sales regions are required to put together a one page business plan and keep it posted somewhere visible and mark all over it because, you know, we adjust them quarterly. Um, we also regularly perform a SWOT on our company and our departments, you know, so strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Um, we focus more on the W's and the O's because mm. your strengths are your strengths. You know, they are what they are. Um, you can always accentuate them. The threats, you can't control so much. You just kind of keep them here and try not to let them get any stronger. But your weaknesses and your opportunities, you know, focus on those constantly because uh, that's where the growth is. That's, that's, that's how you're going to succeed. Amen. I love it. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you for all you do for uh, our community and beyond. And uh, I hope you enjoy Colorado. This is a well-traveled man that we're talking to. And uh, I'm a, a slight bit jelly as, as it gets warmer. He's like, he's a smart man. He's heading to the snow. So good Out for here. you. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Randy. Thank you very much. And anybody looking for a uh... Uh, a challenging new position or someone is looking to pivot, uh, give us a call. That's right. Thank you.